Uh, let's try that again. Hume Lake, how are we doing today? Much better. Hey, my name's Greg, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about me in a second. Here's the goal of the whole week is we are going to together go on a truth quest. We're going to ask ourselves, what is truth? How do I know it's true? And what should I do because of that? All right. But before we do that, I've got to see how good you are at actually discovering what is true and what is false. Because you might think you're really good. You're like, I know how to spot truth. I know how to spot what's true. And so we're going to do an activity called Stand for Truth. I'm going to read you some statements, and you are going to stand if it is a true statement, and you're going to sit down if it is not a true statement. Do you got me? You got me? You where I'm at? Yes. Boy, <laughs> I need a little bit more energy out of you. We got a whole week together. Y'all where I'm at? Yes. All right. Good, good, good. All right. First one. Even though Fruit Loops are multicolored. There are only two flavors. Stand up if that's true. Sit down if it's false. Stand up if it's true. Sit down if it's false. Stand if it's true. Sit if it's false. Guess what? That is false. Fruit Loops only have one flavor. One flavor. One flavor. All right. The stage before you enter Frostbite is a stage called Frost snip. Stand if it's true, sit if it's false. Frost snip is the stage right before frostbite. Make a decision, make a decision. If you are sitting, you're wrong. Bullfrogs are the only animal that never sleep. Bullfrogs never sleep. Bullfrogs never sleep. Bullfrogs, like the big, deep croak. Bullfrogs never sleep. Bullfrogs never sleep. Never sleep, never sleep. That is actually true. They never sleep. All right, all right, next one, next one. Japan. Japan, I'm not getting, <laughs> people got nervous. They're like, no, no political stuff. No, we're fine. Japan is facing a shortage. Oh, you already know it's true? You're just like, whatever Japan has, they're out of. Yeah, Japan is facing a shortage of ninjas. Stand if it's true, sit if it's false. Stand if it's true, sit if it's false. A shortage of ninjas. The whole country, they're like, we need more ninjas. Hey, 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 if you are standing, you're a bunch of dummies because they are. They are facing. Here, here's the whole thing. Let me give you the whole fact so you don't think I'm a liar. There is a high demand for ninja shows, but because it's a dying tradition, companies are having trouble finding properly trained ninjas. So they want to make ninja shows. But no one knows how. You were right. Way to go in the back. What? Oh. oh, I'm sorry. In Jesus' name, if you were standing, you're a dummy. Uh, I, I'm joking. All right, so, so here's, here's another one. If Al, okay. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. Uh, now I got to do another one. Boeing, the place that makes airplanes that you fly on, uses potatoes to test their Wi-Fi signal. 
Boeing uses potatoes to test their Wi-Fi. Stand if it's true. It is actually true. True. Two more, two more, two more. If swimming in the same waters, alligators will give manatees the right of way. If swimming in the same waters, alligators will give manatees the right of way. Stand if it's true. Manatee is a water, it's a sea cow, is what it is. Stand if it's true, sit if it's false. It's actually true. Last one, last one, last one. According to a Google survey, 63% of Americans would rather kick a baby than a puppy. Sand of it's true. Sand of it's true. It's actually false. False. Uh. So here, let me, let me tell you, uh, <clears throat> let me tell you something about that last one, the Google thing. Huh? No, it's not children. So I actually, I just made that up on the spot because I knew I was doing this. And I was like, I wonder if I'm going to Google it because I never Googled. I just made it up. I was like, would people rather kick a baby or a dog? And I, or a puppy, because uh, you'd kick a dog. Um, I, I'll tell you, I'm joking. You wouldn't kick a dog. We'd all kick cats. Let's agree on that. Uh, we just drop kick them. So, so, so here's the deal, here's the deal. There's actually a very janky poll on Google that says 47% would rather kick a baby over a puppy. So there actually is a poll of 100 something 30 people. So uh, Google has everything, I just learned that out. So here's, here's, here's the part I wanna, I wanna kind of point out is that discovering and spotting the truth is difficult, right? It's difficult. And so that's why this whole week we are going on a quest to say, okay, what is true in my life? What is true in the world? Is there truth to exist? And discovering the truth is important to me and it's important to me to help you and, and set your leaders up to have conversations that you can unpack this because not knowing what was true is incredibly frustrating. You wanna know how I know? because my sister was smarter than me. See, I, I have a younger sister who's 13 months. Uh, 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 well, first, let me tell you about me and I'll get into the story, okay? Now, you might be wondering, like, who's Greg? What is he, what is he all about? So, um, born in Georgia. I'm gonna give you all the boring stuff. Born in Georgia, married a beautiful girl a few years ago, had four kids. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. My mom did the same thing. Uh, and But... But, but here's the thing is like, and, and, and so if you want to know what my family looks like, this is what I look like. That's my wife and my four boys. Thank you. Thank you. The reason I show you a picture of them is like people are very unimpressed by me. But when they see like my kids, they're like, oh, and, and, 
And my son, my oldest son, Cooper, you've probably seen him run around here. The reason I have another picture is because you're probably like, that's not your family. They're too like nice looking. So I am in the picture with them. Uh, the pelican in the back's not our family. Uh, that was just a person, uh, the guy at the lake. We took that two days before we took off here. But that's my family. Born, I'm born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I get to work uh, with amazing people down there in a church. And so that's kind of my story. But that doesn't really tell you anything about me. What tells you about me is, is, is how did you grow up? What, what, kind of, what kind of life did you lead? So the reason I treat this a big deal to me is because my sister was smarter than me, right? And, and what, what that meant is, is my sister's 13 months younger than me, and I am uber, uber competitive. Like, I don't like to lose at all. Losing is not an option. In fact, when people say it doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's how you play the game, it's because they've lost. That's why they say it. Uh, I'm joking, but seriously. Uh, but losing is not an option to me. And so me and my sister, we would create these competition games where we would compete and I would win over and over because I was older, I was taller, I was stronger, I was fat. I was all those things just because I had a few months on her. Like I had a head start. And so we play basketball, football, soccer, kickball, dodgeball. We even, there's a show out when we were growing up called American Gladiators. And we would recreate the American Gladiator games in our living room, broke lots of lamps and my parents hated it. And so my sister found herself on the losing end. And ultimately, because I'd like to win and let people know I won, she would find herself hurt. And so one day uh, she came to me, I was like, hey, let's do that game where we play, we play football, soccer, basketball, and we tackle each other. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to play. She's like, let's do an obstacle course because we had an obstacle course we built out in our basement. I said, yeah, I'll beat you at that too. I'm fine with that. So we go downstairs to our basement. We have an obstacle course of trampolines, tables, and couch cushions. You got to jump and crawl and all that kind of stuff. And I said, all right, get on your side and get on my side. We're going to go. And she's like, no, 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 no. We're on the same team. And I was like, what? Why are, who, 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 there's just two of us down here. We can't be on the same team because then we don't know who won and who lost. And she goes, oh, we're going to compete against Melissa and Patrick. And I'm looking around. I was like, well, uh, still just us. So where are Melissa and Patrick? She goes, well, they're invisible. And I was like, you're kidding, right? She goes, no, we're going to face them. And they're really tough. And they said some really mean things about our mom. I know. I, and, and do you know what? I, when, when she told me that, I didn't know where Patrick was. So I was just started swinging. I was going to hit him. But, but, it, but she was like, we're going to face them. And so we started racing against these imaginary people, right? And we looked ridiculous, but we're in our basement by ourselves. So I guess it didn't overly matter. And so we're racing these imaginary people. And I'm not going to lie. It seems stupid to me. And so I would start like, this is so dumb, but I didn't, I, I just, I didn't want to do anything else except be active. So I was like, we'll keep running, but I'm lollygagging. I'm not trying really hard. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of just going through the motions. And then my sister yells out. It was the first time she did this. She goes, Patrick just passed you. I was like, what? And I looked at her and go, he's not even real. She goes, well, you're losing to a non-real person. Andy talked, Andy talked about my mom. And so he, but here's the thing inside of me, because I don't love to, I hate to lose. Inside of me, I'm like, I started running harder. 
and trying harder. And I'm asking her, like, did I, am I beating him now? Am I doing it? Am I winning? Am I, am I on the right track? And, and then she'd be like, you passed him. And, oh, he passed you back. And he, here's the amazing thing. She was so committed to this imaginary friend thing. We lost to invisible people multiple times. <laughs> and she was so committed to it. And, and, but here was the thing is I remember it was maddening because I'm running against these standards that did not exist. I didn't know if I was winning. I didn't know if I was losing. I didn't know. And I was looking for her to tell me, am I ahead? Am I behind? Do I need to go faster? Do I need to jump higher? Do I need to, what is it I need to do? And if we're honest, that is probably a lot like you feel in your life. Because you're sitting there going like, hey, we need truth. What is truth? But you sit in your world, your tiny middle school world as it is right now, and it's everything, and it's hard. And I will say this, I would not want to be a middle schooler right now. It is tricky being you. And so the fact that you are showing up every day and doing the thing, good on you. But it doesn't make it easier. And so I, it's got to be, got to be so frustrating because your friends and your parents say, this is how you should live. And rarely are they ever aligned. And then you go to church and they say, this is what God wants. And then you go to your social media page and they're like, this is how to live. And then you sit there and you look at all these scenarios and then you're like, well, I have different opinions and you have different opinions. What's truth? And so we came up with a way to solve that in this day and age. We said, you know what? We'll wipe out truth. You do you, I'll do me. And if you had a little sass to you, you're like, you do you, boo-boo, all right? And that was kind of your mantra. And that works as long as it's just you. That way you could get in these social media battles and you're like, Rocky Road ice cream is the best. Facts, hashtag. Okay, pound sign, whatever. Thank you. But, you, but, then, but then someone pipes back at you and your, slides into your DMs and they're like, no, 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 no. Birthday cake is the best. Fox, hashtag, sorry, pound sign. You know, and, and so, and it works as long as you're doing that world. But it gets super messy as soon as your world starts intersecting with some other person's world, doesn't it? Because you're like, whose truth wins? Whose opinion is right? And who do we follow? So one of the things I love about camp, let me show you how this works. One of the things I love about camp is camp love, right? Like we all, we all got on the bus and we're like, man, we're here to meet Jesus. But you're hoping like, I hope Sabrina is at camp because I'd love to meet her as well. All right. It's all right. It's all right. You're like, hey, are you read? Like, you're you're just you're telling my story. You're just saying it out loud. I know. You know why? Because I did church camp and I crushed it. <laughs> and here's the thing, is what's that? No, I met her on a blind date. It went so bad. Four and a half years later, we went on our second date. Another story, another day. I'll tell you to lunch. <laughs> so 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 here's here's the thing. Like I was. I was always on the camp scene looking for dates, looking for girls. And so, and I was always looking for a way to be romantic. Like, like, and I know some of you are already sizing it up. You're like, hey, how do I get that person to lean in? How do I get them to like me? How do I get them to notice me? And you're like, guys, I need a line that works. 
And so one day, one morning, you're like, hey, hey, you going to Victory Circle tomorrow, 715? Yeah? Okay. I'll meet you there. And so you swagger off to your dorm, and all night you can't sleep because you're like, what do I say to her? And then at Victory Circle, Kendall and the band set you up, and they're like, we're going to sing Jesus, Lover, My Soul. And you're like, that's it. So after Victory Circle, you said, hey, it's pretty cool how Jesus loves your soul. I want to love your heart, girl. And, <laughs> hey, hey, one of, you, one of you are going to use that. One of you are going to use that. Don't worry. So, so, do you say it's awkward or awesome? You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So, well, whatever. I, I haven't done, I haven't crushed church camp in a while. So, if, I, if my church camp game was still strong, my wife would be so mad. Um, but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is like you get this girl and you and you you make a you you I don't know what you do nowadays. You're like, hey, spit shake. We're dating, all right. Um, and, and so and so you you kind of make this agreement. We're dating, and she goes back to her bunk, and you go back to your bunk, and she's like, hey, we're dating. And the girls are like, oh, bad, 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 bad. What does that even mean? And you're like, we're exclusive. I'm naming our kids. And then my boy. My boy's back in his day, and you go, hey, bro, scored that girl. Yep. Victory circle. Line crushed it. You should try it. And then, and they're like, we're dating. What does that mean? Uh, it means we're going to hang unless someone else better comes along. Right? And so here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. This, this is not a statement on how you should date. It's an illustration. This is not a real story. Y'all are way too emotionally invested for that. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You both have different truths. And now your lives are together. And now you got a problem. Right? You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here's the other thing. Let's say, let's say, no, we could work that out. We could work that out. We can work that out. How many, let me stay with me. So I had this conversation with someone and, and I kind of started walking him in a corner. I was like, well, what about this? What about this? He goes, well, then you just look at the laws of the land, and that's truth. I said, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. I, and I looked at him. I said, hey, what are your thoughts on slavery? You for it? Like, you, you down with it? And he's like, no, not at all. I said, that's weird because other lands have other laws that allow it. And so what do you do when their laws and your laws come together? We got a problem. Or you go to war. That's right. Do you know what war is called? A problem, Right? <laughs> Like, like if someone's like, hey, war breaks out, you're like, no, 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 that's just a problem, all right? But, but here's the problem, is if we keep shifting standards of truth, we're gonna keep butting heads, keep having tension, and keep having issues. Now, you may say, I don't believe there's a universal truth. And on that, I'd say you're wrong. You do believe it. You do believe it. And here's why. Where is it? Right here. If I said, hey, we gotta, we gotta, I gotta add a board to this stage. How many, I want to come up here and guess how long it is. And you're gonna be like, oh, I think it's two and a half feet. I think it's three feet. And then all of a sudden someone goes, get a tape measure. And you lay that tape measure down and you go, you know what it is? It is 46 inches. Go to the store and buy me a board of 46 inches. And you're gonna go, no, 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 I feel it's 44. How many people would go, well, let's go with that? 
No one. Because you believe in a universal truth. You believe in a standard. You believe that something should measure out and we should all get behind it. And I got a friend who he works for a big corporation and he collects facts for the corporation, like things that are happening. And he has this statement when he goes, hey, here's what the facts say. And someone he's like in sales will be like, oh, we feel it's totally different. He has this statement. He, I love it. He goes, he looks at him. He's not the most compassionate person ever. He looks at him. He goes, my facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, that's, that's, that's gotten him in trouble. <laughs> I'll tell him you clap for him. But here's the the thing. You can feel or want or desire all you want for this stage to have a board of 44 inches. Tape measure says it's 46. And I don't care what you feel, you want, you think, how many opinions you get. It's 46. And if you don't buy a 46-inch board, you got a hole. You got a problem. So here's the question. Is it that we don't believe There's truth, or maybe we don't know what is truth. Is it that we think that maybe it is just a you-do-you world, but we get offended when people do them and we do ourselves, and it comes into a problem. We're like, what's wrong with you? So we all have something in us that say, no, there's something in us. And then it's do you believe it enough to stand for it? So this is what we're going to do. This is our truth quest. We're going to go through the book of John. And John is a guy just like you and me who wrote down experiences and moments and events he had in his life. He's not special. He didn't have like an extra dose of something. He was just a dude like you that lived life and wrote things down. And here's the thing that John did. He believed there was an absolute truth. He believed there was a standard. There was a tape measure in life. And so he writes this book to the people around him at that time. Think of it like you writing a letter to home. Hey, here's what's going on at camp. I'm gonna tell you the facts of what's going on. And then you can guess if I'm having a good time or not. That's really all he's doing. He's documenting his life. And so here's the the deal is you might be like, that's so long ago. They're so irrelevant. It was actually more chaotic of a time than it is now because the laws of the land at that point were just made by rich and powerful people. They didn't think about human rights. They didn't think about dignity of humanity. They just said, whoever has the gold makes the rules and that's how we roll. And John's writing this book, this document that says, no, there's a standard. There's a truth. And I'm just gonna lay it out for you. And you can either look at the tape measurement you can scrap it. So John starts off, we're going to start at the very, very beginning. Now, John starts off like a great writer would. He starts off with his epic bang. This, not this once upon a time. He sets the stage and the scene in a powerful, powerful way. And so John writes this intro that if it was a movie, it would have like that theme music, that anthem just behind it as it appears on the screen. How many have seen Star Wars? So Star Wars, yep. If you know at the very beginning, it has... Boom, and it has the words scrolling up and all that. How many have seen the new Top Gun? Yeah. Real good. Anyways, 
But at the very beginning, you've got this, this anthem building. And you got the anthem like giving framework. This is the filter you got to watch the movie through. Everything else after this happens in this filter. And that's the intro of what John does. Now, you got to understand, John's writing to a different audience. He's not writing to kids in New England and Massachusetts in 2022. So there's some converting of ideas that we have to have so we get the principles at stake. And I'm going to walk us through that idea right now. So here's the start. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. If your parents tell you something two times in a row, what does it mean? Sorry, Siri. I asked a question. Siri's like, oh, I found this on the web. Um, I'll turn that off next hour. Hey, but if they ask you something super important or they say something super important twice, you know, I better dial in. That's important. So there's two concepts John wrote repetitively. In the beginning, the word already existed. All right, so you got beginning and existed. Like, hey, this word was there at the start, very, very beginning. And then he gives this, the word was with God and the word was God. So here's the thing. In the beginning was the word, the word's God. In the beginning was the word, word's God. That's how he starts his book. The whole filter you need to read the rest of this book is understanding those two concepts. In the beginning was the word, word was with God, and the word was God. He keeps going. God created everything through him, the word, and nothing was created except through him. Again, a repetitive statement. God created everything through this word. Everything was created through him. And the word gave life to everything it was created. And his life brought life to everything. So let me give you a rundown where we are. There's a beginning, there's a word, and everything in the, in, in the world that exists was created through the word. It gives it life. All right, you got those points? You with me on those three things? Great, let's keep rolling. So then he switches directions. He's like, hey, here's a start. I'm going to take slight left. And then he was saying this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now, here, here, here's the thing that you got to understand is the culture John is writing to us, not to us. John didn't even know we would read it. But here's the cool thing about God. God knew it was for us. And so he kept it so that we could read it. And so while the author had very small plans, God had massive, massive plans. So we got to read it through the filter of the audience listening to the story. And so he's talking to a group of people that have no electricity. This is something we don't get. We don't, we don't really get really wrapped up in light and darkness. They did because once the sun dropped, it's pitch black. I was in Kenya one time and they were like, hey, um, like there's no electricity. In my head, in my American mind, I was like, oh, there's probably ambient light. I can always see their face. And then I got invited over to someone's house for dinner and I sat in a pitch black room. And I was like, oh, no electricity. I got it now. And it's so foreign from our concept because I was just like, oh, there's always, I can always see. I can always see. It's always there. John goes, no, no, no. There's light. And this word picture was something they understand. But here's what John is saying. This word is also the light. And that light distinguishes light and darkness. Here's the concept he's unpacking. Light gets rid of darkness. Light is the truth. The word is truth. 
But in the beginning was the Word. Word's with God. Word was God. It's light. And it extinguishes the darkness. Do you know why this is so powerful? It's a concept people still use today. How many have heard of the movie Jaws? Any Jaws? Okay, good. How many have seen the movie Jaws? That movie will mess you up, man. But here, here's the fascinating thing about the movie Jaws. They made this really janky looking shark, robot shark, and, and they, they couldn't get it to work half the time, so they had to shoot the scenes artistically. And so there are very few shots of the shark actually attacking humans. They would show signs of people being attacked from top of the water, but you never see the shark. Or they show signs of the shark swimming, but you never see the attack. And it kind of piecemealed these things together. And that movie single-handedly kept more people out of the water, pools, everything. People wouldn't swim. And here's what Steven Spielberg knew. I don't have to show devastation. I just have to make people think there's devastation and their minds will do the rest. And so he put in darkness what was happening, gave us a glimpse and then he goes, let your minds wander. That was the ingenious part of Jaws is he didn't have to show a lot of killing. He just let your mind tell you that it was going on. And that's what John is saying here. He goes, the light extinguishes the darkness because what is your first response? If I turn the lights off in this room, it's pitch black and you hear a clang. It's, oh my gosh, what is that? And you get a little bit scared. And your first reaction is turn the lights on so my brain can get around what is happening, what I'm seeing, and I can compute like, oh, just someone fell, fainted and fell out of their chair. No biggie, you know? But, but I need to see like that thud made my mind just wander. And when I put light on, I don't wonder. I can see. And so here's what John claims. God and the word have always been. God and the word are equal. And God and the word are creator of all light. So that's where we're starting, right? Now, <laughs> if, if you're me, I, I'm a pessimist. I, like, I'm like, that didn't make all sense. So the question I would ask if I were you, who in the world is this word, right? Like what, what, what's the word? What, what's this word in this light? What are all these things? Let's keep reading. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So that the word, catch this, became human, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen the glory, his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. So John's using a connection. These people were alive back then. He was like, oh, it's the guy John the Baptist was talking about. So that, that would be the equivalent. If I'm trying to look for someone in this camp, I'm trying to describe them, I'm trying to, ah, oh, that, that, that eighth grader, that eighth grader, one of Bert's kids, one, one, of, one of the kids that Bert's came from Gray's, you know, one of those kids, that, that's who I'm looking for. It's a connection point where people are like, oh, the guy John was talking about. That's all he's doing. He's connecting who that word is to a message that they were already hearing. And so, after lots of buildup, here's kind of the movie title right here. For the law was given to Moses, like 10 commandments, all that kind of stuff. If you're like, if you know what I'm talking about there, don't steal, don't kill, don't, um, don't lie, um, don't hang around people that do. That's actually not one. Um, but the law given through Moses, 
God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through, here it is, the reveal, Jesus. Jesus is the word. Jesus always was. Jesus always has been. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the standard of truth. Now, that's tough to just swallow, right? You barely know me. You, you don't know. You're like, you're some random dude from Georgia. Like listening to your Southern twang, we're not even sure you're really that smart, right? I don't have an accent, by the way, you guys do. Um, but you're, you're sitting there going like, I don't know you. How, how do I know this? How do I know I can trust you? That's a fair question. That's fair. And so I'm not gonna even sit there and put pressure on you. I'm just gonna say this. Here's what John says. God and Jesus are the source of all truth. And if Jesus, who he says he is, you can trust him. God and Jesus are the source of all truth. And if Jesus is who he says he is, you can trust that. You don't have to trust me. You don't have to trust your leaders. You don't have to trust your friends. Do your own work. Build your own belief system. That's all John's invitation is. And, and here's the ending point of his book. He wraps this up. This is at the very end of his book where he goes, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs and additions to the ones recorded in this book. And we're gonna cover all of the book this week. He said, but these are written down so you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. And by believing him, you will have life. And so here's what John's saying. He goes, look, I get that what I just told you is tough to swallow. It's tough to wrap your head around. It's tough to even grasp. You might think I'm crazy. Here's what, here's what I'm telling you. I'm not gonna stand here and say, have more faith, believe harder, want it more, pray longer. I'm not gonna say any of that. I'm gonna say what John said. Jesus is who he says he is. And you can trust him. And so it's an invitation for you to investigate. It's not like, John's not intimidated. He's just saying like, look, Jesus is who he says he is. You can trust him. It's like, what do you do with that, right? What do I do with this all high concept? I'm gonna challenge you to one thing. I want four things from you in this room. Every time we're here, every time I'm up here, every time you're there, I need four things from you. Can you give me those four things? Okay, I got one person. Can you give me those four things? Good, here they are, super easy. Show up, check, got it. You have to be here anyways, or Cam will come get you. (laughs) Two, be open to being wrong. Just let's put everything on the table, what nice Christians, well-meaning Christians have told you, and let's just look at it together. Be open to being wrong. Be open to going like, maybe I was, maybe I had it all wrong. Maybe the Jesus I was following is not the real Jesus. Maybe the Jesus I was saying no to is not the real version. And then investigate the human Jesus. Just look at him. And at the end of the week, you tell me what you think. I'm not gonna tell you what to believe. I can't do that. I can't live your life. Your leaders, they can't tell you what to think. They can't live your life. And then last, just make a decision and go with it. No pressure, nothing other than give yourself one week to give yourself a shot to have truth in your life. And at the end of this week, you can go back to squirrely, you do you and all that kind of stuff. And I'm fine with that. Just give yourself one week to show up. Now, last thing, last question you gotta be asking. Uh, 
great. Uh, God links himself with Jesus. If God's real, or Jesus is real, Jesus who he says he is, then God's got to be real, yada, 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 great, great. Um, I don't even know if Jesus was alive then. It's a long time ago, right? I don't, I don't, how, do, how am I supposed to know that that even happened? Fair question. Uh, how many think Joe Biden is our president? How many? How many? Joe Biden is our president. If your hand is not in the air, you should pay more attention in school. How many believe Donald Trump was our president? Okay, okay. All right, not touching that. Um, how many believe Abraham Lincoln was our president? Whoa, 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 whoa. You weren't alive then. It was a long time ago. How do you know? Huh? Oh, history. Great. Do you know what's something interesting? Do you know Jesus was documented in history? by historians, Christians and non-Christians alike. So here's the truth. Jesus existed. So we're not, that's not up for debate. So here's the question. Was he lying to us? And if he is, if Jesus is lying, if we find that he was lying this week, scrap this whole thing. Get out. It's a cult. Number two, is he crazy? Scrap the whole thing. Get out. No one wants to follow a crazy person. Or, or, or maybe, just maybe, is he who he says he is? You don't have to agree now. You don't even have to make a decision. I want everyone to follow these four rules. So can you, for this week, show up? Can you do that? Can you be open to being wrong, changing your opinion? Are you willing to do that? Can you investigate the man Jesus with me? Can you then finally make a decision? All right, then I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to work my tail off to make this interesting and fun for you then. If you're willing to do that. Oh, thank you. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Thank you. Hey, 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 hey. First one in the books. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being open. Thanks for giving me just a little bit of your time. And... Uh, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. If I see you on the basketball court or tetherball court or recreation field, I will crush you. Like the bugs that you are. All right, all right, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pray. Let me pray for us. And I'll turn it over to someone who has more power in this place than I do. Dear God, thank you for being so cool and the fact that you don't pressure us, you don't guilt us, you don't shame us. You don't make us feel bad. You just go, look at the facts, man. Just look at the facts. And so, Jesus, God, here's where we are. We know you were here. We know you walked the earth. So, God, I pray for wisdom, openness, and humility, the willingness to be wrong. As we look at what we believe, as we look at truth, and help us to make a decision. So, God, is with that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.